Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Lucas and Vincent were not in the mainstream of gay life. I was saving body parts such as uh, skulls. Doesn't it bother you that he's a fag? You have done me a great service. Now I must service you. And the drugs were, were always a, a cry for attention, for somebody to pay attention to me before I, you know, kill somebody. <laughs> You can imagine what it smells like if you go into a closed room. Something is trying to get inside my body. Yeah, she's female and she's waiting for you in the cabana. And you want to sleep with me. Buckle up, Sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies podcast. Your guide to true crime, horror, and everything man-on-man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, staring at the beautiful face of my filthy little slave, Sam Hamilton. And, uh, and... Uh, for his third guest spot on the pod, fourth guest yeah. spot, on the pod. third or fourth guest spot on the pod. Welcome, Luke, back again. Robert, Robert. third time's a charm, baby. Yeah, thank you is, for is having me too. It, is it, it is three. three. It is three. Very exciting. You're a proper recurring character now. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> you and I don't know if you're beating Josh. I think I feel like Josh is the only other recurring guest, and you might be even now. Josh and I compete in almost every aspect of our personal lives. So um, this can just get added onto the um, general vibe of our friendship. (laughs) Well, speaking of podcasty things, I was going to let you do like a whole self promo thing right at the start. Uh, So you, you are, you were doing your own little podcast endeavor. I don't know how to describe it as the problem. Neither do I, and I make it, <laughs> and it's very hard to pitch. It's It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Jared, thank you for hopping on. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you, are you, I have a special guest appearance. You should say the name of the podcast. That's how you do promo. Due to, due to um, sort of some legal, ongoing legal <laughs> issues, I can't actually say the name of the show. Uh, no, I'm joking. So I, I, I launched uh, a new show called The Lily Pads uh, about a month ago, mm. and it is really just a compilation of a lot of the absurd things I couldn't do while I was a part of the gays are revolting because it didn't fit the vibe. So. So I get to highlight the voices of people that I think are re- doing some really fun stuff like drag queens and musicians and comedians. Uh, but then also whenever I have a, a friend or, or someone that I think is like doing something really cool and, and, and can incorporate them into a skit or a song or, or anything. I think you, 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 what do people say? Just give it a go. See if you like it. <laughs> It's available yeah, on Spotify. It's, so. it's, it's uh, like, it's a unique podcast format, which I think people would really enjoy. Like, it's not just an interview format. There's like skits throughout it. There's like mm. uh, interesting ads. 
Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Non-affiliated with any of the actual <laughs> products, I will add. But um, I, I think one of the, the most, the, one of the funnest things about podcasting, and it's the same for this show as well, is, is it's a relatively young medium in that, that yeah. there is still a lot of room to do things however the fuck you want to do them. And that's what's exciting to me is like, I can do fully do one episode. Frog themed podcast. Yeah. Like you can, there's no rules yet. Well, there probably is. I'm just not aware of any of them. Uh, we did, we had rules. to explain to Luke how to do recording by a quick time. He's still he's still learning some of the basics. Here. Yeah, that just I'm, means I'm... that Luke's probably more in the pro arena, and we're in the not pro. Oh arena, yeah, we've never had a producer. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I have a fake producer. So, um, but yes, please check it out. It's lots of fun. Um, and uh, I'm not buy too... Apple Podcast, all the standard. Ex- exactly, all the standard places, and um, yeah, I don't think there's much out like it at the moment so you either love it or hate it probably check it out um so last time luke was on we did um horror gay porn parodies and that was Hmm. the original plan for the episode today but i did a whole bunch of do more of it yeah i wanted to do a part two i wanted to do a part two i'm disappointed i was looking forward to watching moan the scream like porno yeah except Mm. that doesn't have much like so I've, I've watched a lot of horror porn parodies to see if there was any that had, the three that we looked at last time had like plot. Like they had things that happened between the fucking as opposed to, you know, kids these days when they make, you know, porn parodies. Um, it's just like, it's mainly just clips. And like the very start of it is someone in like a screen mask. Yeah. So that was disappointing. It's sort so, of like millennial culture. It's very... <laughs> The internet has ruined their brain. It's all like fast clips. There's no storyline anymore. I want my storyline back in my (laughs) horror pornography, please. So related, we have, you probably read the episode title. We looked at uh, what was kind of a defining feature of my younger days. I don't know if it was the same for both of you. Mm. Uh, No, it definitely was. We we uh, watched, well, I watched all of, I want that to be on the record that I put in the fucking effort, uh, Dante's Cove, which is a show that ran from 2005 to 2007 um, and is described, I think it's described as a horror soap opera. Mm. Kind of fits. I think you could call it softcore pornography. There's like a lot of flaccid dick going. Like they obviously couldn't do the erect dick, but there was a lot of flaccid dick about. There's a lot of heavy petting, a lot of heavy, heavy, yeah, heavy petting in in. I want season. someone who pets. <laughs> we were like seventy Kevin year old woman. Toby. Kevin Toby. Is that their name? 
Yeah, Kevin and Toby, they're two Those of two have like a fiery, characters. passionate relationship. I just want someone to, I'm like, how are you guys that horny all the time? Oh yeah, yeah. it's like every, but even when they're fighting, it always just kind of ends with them fucking. And they oh, always have we... sex like it's their first time. Like people in long-term relationships just don't have <laughs> steamy sex like that 24-7. I'm sorry. Um, well, no, we find out fairly early on. So um, Toby and Kevin are our kind of main couple and they're like meant to be this great love that we're rooting for, but they've only known each other for two months. That's what it, yes. <laughs> it actually, it feels like maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that we get into that, know. before we get into that, uh, I want to know, when did you first see Dante's Cove? Like Luke, was this your first time watching it? No, I definitely remember. Well, I I didn't see entire episodes of Dante's Cove, uh, okay. but I most definitely saw certain video, downloaded video files of scenes that oh. I would, you know, get a few views when I was a young, <laughs> young, boisterous queer. And, and so... You know, I had no idea they were Kevin and Toby, but I knew there was a blonde one and a one with dark hair. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. knowing their names isn't that important for the show. And I, so um, I, yeah. I saw a lot of the sex and little else of it. Um, and from this experience, I learned um, there's not much that I missed out on. There is a plot. There is a plot. But there is, yes, yes. And I yes. soldiered through and I've written a summary of it. So we're going to get to that. Um, Sam, I think, I think despite this show being so thin on plot and anything, like you, you kind of watch it and it's out of your brain 10 minutes later, but it was like a very culturally defining show. I think at the time, mm. like a lot of like almost everyone, even my straight friends remembers like watching it in, on like Foxtel or downloading it in like the, well, the mid noughties. I tried to look into this cause it's very mm. weird that like, I, um, I think I first watched Dante, Dante's Cove when I was at undergrad uni in Geelong and it was in my local blockbuster which is fucking weird on many levels because it's like an obscure like gay focused show that was on a network called Here TV Mm. um, that managed to get distribution to Australia which is weird. It's kind Um, of like the weird videotape that just appears in Lost Highway or something. I remember watching (laughs) like re-watching it now and going where did this air and how did I see it? You know what I mean? Like, but I it, feel like there was a bunch of these in the early 2000s, though. Like, did you guys ever watch um, Not Another Gay Movie? Which was, I did, another, I did, yeah. And like, Not Another Teen Movie spin off was like, who paid for that to be distributed to Australia? That's like weird. I mean, it got a sequel, so obviously, you know, they did it. The get the gays just wanted that content, and there was you know, eating out. Eating out. Well, I, I used to one, love the eating out, eating out. I actually series. saw one of the eating out movies at the movies, like at, at a film festival. But I was serious. What? I was a proper <laughs> eating out connoisseur. Yeah, I devoured those movies. Eating out two <laughs> sloppy seconds. I feel like that has a similar vibe to Dante's Cove in the sense that it's just like it's just hot men, right? Can like, I just <laughs> say that being an eating out connoisseur sounds like a Tinder? <laughs> it kind of sounds like your your grinder line. I'm well, sure when I get unbanned from Tinder, I'll be sure to um sure to work it in. <laughs> Let's not go into details as to why. Um, no, I actually don't know what happened. I didn't you... have Tinder for five years. Are you, are you actually banned from Tinder? Yeah. 
And I went to get Tinder again and it's like, this phone number has been banned. So I think someone might've either reported me who hates me or something, or someone used my phone number. One of the two. Oh God. So now I have to search for love on the streets. I have to, Maybe I have to you go were like life. such a lousy lay one time. That's someone... probably, I mean, I can be quite submissive, which could probably be perceived for laziness. So, <laughs> but like I demand them, you know, I'm very, I'm a very commanding submissive person. Like I, I want to get them out of breath. But anyway, we can talk. <laughs> I'll show you sometime, Jared, if you want. Um, we have described uh, <laughs> Sam's sex life in detail in the after show, which you can um, pay for on Patreon. For more um, details on this. <laughs> as in, actually, we, do, we do after shows now. This is all going to be new for Luke when we finally do it. Um, <laughs> so the series was created by Michael Costanza, um, which sounds like a Seinfeld character. It um, sounds like a fake name. Yeah. He hasn't well, done that enough. much after this. I was looking at with his future stuff. He's done a couple of other gay movies. And as I said, uh, the series aired on Here TV, which is apparently still going in some format, which I find surprising, um, and was like a small cult hit. Um, it was marketed as... So when I first looked into like the production side of this, I was mm. like... Did they know that it was like shit from the start? Like, so did, they design, <laughs> did they design it to be like a campy, ridiculous thing? But all the promo material that I can see with Michael Costanza is that he's describing it is that it's like, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the LGBT community. Like he seems mm. to genuinely yeah, believe that he was providing. <laughs> yes. It's earnest. One thing uh, though, the season one was actually shot on film, which is quite rare for TV. Like it was shot on 35 millimeter film. So it looks great, but the visual effects and makeup and everything else is atrocious. This but is the what actual, I mean though, like, that yeah. and like distribution, who is paying for it? Mm. Like, is, in, is this like some like gay millionaire's little pet project that he's the funded? The pink dollar, baby, the pink dollar. Yeah. I do want to say production wise that... The, that first so like the very first scene of the very first episode is set in like some victorian time like i'm not a details kind of person but uh they moved to the an, an interior shot and it literally looks like a, a modern day house <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. like that was the funniest thing to me and that's when i thought this is camp like this cannot be serious but I, so in the second and third seasons, I feel like they lean into the camp a bit. But that first season, I think that we we're meant to be taking that entire thing incredibly seriously, which is ridiculous. Mm. All right, so let's get to the basic setup, the basic plot. We're not going to go episode by episode because that would take too long. Thank God. Um, so <laughs> in our very first uh, episode of Dante's Cove, um, we flashback, it's 1840s when we flashback to. Ah, okay. And we see Ambrosius Valen, who I love uh, once he gets transported to modern day, they just call him Bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's when he so, reinvents himself. <laughs> Ambrosius Valen, who is engaged to uh, Grace Neville, um, who is a witch of some sort we later learn that she is a, a practice a practicer of the magical art of treason yeah that's, whole, mm. there's a whole mythology about here 
She's um, also 20 years older than the actor that plays Ambrosius. So it was an interesting pairing there. Yeah, well, I don't think the women were as well, actually, no, no they that's do try a- and they do try and make a lesbian sexy thing to this whole, you know, show. Um, but I feel like the casting of the male actors is more important than the female. This this cinematic universe yeah. <laughs> that created. Although Grace Neville, uh, the actress who plays her, I feel like is like an iconic, like oh, no, she went for it. She took this assignment seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because I feel like her and Ambrosius uh acting their hearts out, and everyone else kind of seems confused. Yeah. And in season two, Diana is is good as well. Yes. So it's like you get these, like, you, the main set of witches, it's like, okay, we'll get some seasoned actors here who really, like, get their all. Everyone else is, like... Either, like, what's... transitioned from, like, nothing or, like, there's a couple of people that came from reality TV in later seasons. Mm. Well, and you can, Van usually sounds like tell. she's reading her lines of, like, a cue card after she's had, like, a Xanax or two. Like, I'm never yeah, really I kind sure of love about that. what that character's yeah, motivations are. But let, let's set the scene. So Ambrosius and Grace are engaged in 1840. Uh, and then Grace finds Ambrosius is sleeping with the manservant, uh, where we get our first, you know, sex scene and man penis and all of those sorts of things. Um, and so to enact revenge on Ambrosius for cheating on her, he, uh, uh, sorry, she cages him up and then curses him to be an old man, which is, of course, you know, that's the every, worst nightmare for gay men. Which involves every him wearing, like, a $2 shop wig. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's an old man cast originally, and I just kind of feel bad for the guy who's, like... I feel like he was shackled very flimsily for this. I don't know if they were magical shackles. <laughs> you know, that's that's the beauty of witchcraft and storytelling, I think. Everything is, is magical. Everything. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of cast that aside. Um, but for some reason, she makes his freedom conditional on receiving a kiss from a handsome young man. Don't know why. That's just what happens. We then flash forward to modern times where we're introduced to our gay couple, uh, Kevin, who I think is meant to be like 18 or something, <laughs> and Toby. They're introduced in the most obnoxious way possible as well, where like they're giving each other head in a taxi. Yeah, and the taxi, there's a there's a very strange vibe from the taxi driver, like he's sort of voyeuristically watching. Everyone's very sweaty also. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. He's like dripping. Through, throughout this, at least the whole of the first season, people uh, are, are dripping with sweat um, almost consistently. Yeah, uh, the men are always greased up. Like every scene, no matter what context, the men are walking around looking like bodybuilders. Yeah, there's a, he's coming out the, the hospital room and he's like, where's the baby lotion? I'm just going to apply. <laughs> yeah. They I went um, through a lot in the set for sure. Yeah. Well, look, I, this, this is another one of those things where I, I really do hope the actors knew what they were getting into. <laughs> I, um, I heard something about the audition process that they originally um, didn't tell the actors that the, that full frontal nudity was meant to occur and so they didn't cast them using full frontal nudity like send us what you look like and there was apparently someone cast in the pilot that got cut because his dick, yeah, his was, dick too was too small, small. <laughs> mm. it's awful 
It must have been the guy who was in the first sex scene, like the manservant, because the guy that they replaced him with, if this is the person, that's a good He's massive. very well endowed. Like that was like, I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's a way to open a show. That yeah. is a way that's, to open a show. That was, that's a way to get someone, you know, I can, I can understand why they made that decision. I don't, I, I think uh, dick discrimination <laughs> is an is un- the- Un, un underrepresented issue with social justice issue yeah absolutely but um what a what a way to stop bringing progressive politics to this podcast we just love lo- people here <laughs> i love that it's kevin and toby because that's total like sean cody vibes we're introducing oh, yeah. kevin and toby the, like <laughs> and they look it as well they look exactly like like sean cody performers um we Kevin eventually moves into the house with Toby, which is filled with all his friends, which I'm going to quiz you about in a moment to see if you remember any of them. Um, eventually, Kevin is drawn to the basement of the house where he finds Ambrosius and he kisses him. And this starts off the, I guess, the main plot of the series, which is Kevin is under Ambrosius's spell and he's trying to steal him away from Toby. Mm. Meanwhile, Grace comes back and we have kind of like a, it's not quite a love triangle. Grace is just kind of on the side, but there's a kind of like lovers quarrels throughout. She's that. like their fag hag in a very witchy poo. <laughs> yeah. Are you still yeah. allowed to say fag hag? Sorry. I feel on this podcast again, stop being careful. <laughs> The horrible shit I say all the time. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Look, I've, I've had to edit around some of the more controversial um, <laughs> Jared moments. opinions. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's very, the, it kicks off a very almost, if it was like a vampire, vampire love story, you know, like that, those story beats are very familiar to like interview with a vampire oh. that kind of, and just soap no. opera. Like this is kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's like gothic soap opera, I guess. Yeah. Mm, mm. So the main kind of mystical components of the show, one of them is to do with uh, treason, which is kind of like witchcraft, which Grace is a practitioner of, but um, Ambrosius was like a like a hidden practitioner of, so he's able to defeat her. Uh my first quiz question to all of you is mm-hmm. there are four houses of treason. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Name well, any of moon. them. Sun, isn't there sun there, and moon? There is, there is, okay. is sun. Yep. So there's like <sighs> the male energy, which is the sun. And then there's the female energy, which is the moon. And there are two more houses of treason. I don't know if maybe that wasn't introduced till season three no it was in season two uh is in it season two, I boobs <laughs> i feel like boobs. that's that's what i took away from from a, <laughs> the show in general i'm not a detail orientated person i was just like there's a lot of dicks and so boobs th- there's also a sky house okay that and that's sense. that's for people who can merge the energy together and there is a reference in the second season to a shadow house, which is like the evil treason. Okay. Um, so clearly you didn't pick up on that. 
So I have more quiz questions for you, and it's all about the side characters, right? So okay, we have this initial triangle, and we also have Grace on the side, who's just kind of the fag hag. Um, but <laughs> I want you to explain to me who the following people are. And I'm going to start with a slightly easy one. Yeah. Okay. Who is Van? Van is like the best friend of Toby. Mm-hmm. And she d- realizes she has witch powers and she's really hot and she's a lesbian. Yes. And she becomes oh, a and disciple she's an artist. of... See, Van actually gets a lot of development. She's like the only character that really... She doesn't have parents. We find out so much about... She's a house cleaner. See, I was paying attention. <laughs> she That's really good. got you. Yeah. She got me. I was, Luke, I was do you remember who Van is? Not the name, but I know the character. As soon as Sam said, I was like, oh, I know that girl. Yeah, for sure. So she becomes a disciple of Grace and starts developing her own magical powers. She has this whole relationship with another woman who I want you to name shortly. Michelle. Ooh, Sam's got this. I've been watching Jared. I'm not playing Um, this in. The actress obviously got into a pay dispute between season two and season three, and Van is killed off in a tsunami off screen. (laughs) <laughs> haven't we all at some point in our careers look they should have given her that money she was like the driving force of the, I don't, I'm actually I don't know how season 3 is going to go without her yeah well it's, it's a bit of a mess because you can tell there was a, like a plot point that was meant to be Van but she wasn't there so yeah literally there's like a, a the season 3 opens in the first episode and then they're all sitting around and they're like Van died in a tsunami that's what <laughs> happened on the Gazer Revolt with me. Okay, when you got kicked off. <laughs> when I got kicked off, they were like, "There was, a, I'm sorry, babe." <laughs> um, did you actually get kicked off? No, no, that's just my joke, and I think it upsets a few people. But um, <laughs> uh... we'll include it for controversial measure then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like controversy. Okay, okay, let me know, Corey. Oh, Corey was my favorite character. He was like the fun-loving party boy. And what happens to Corey? He drowns after um, he gets possessed by um, Bro. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Van accidentally drowns him using like magic because she's trying to kill Bro. <laughs> Luke, Luke looks so baffled by all this. Yeah. Look, the, I just don't know their name. So I'm trying to, if you could describe their nipples. Uh, well, Van has was... really nice, like small nipples. They're quite. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Corey, yeah. no, Corey was not a very unattractive man. I'm going to say that's a really awful thing to say. Sorry. Um, I, thought he was like, cute. I thought he was cute. He looked goofy. He was like the party boy. And the then party, he ends yeah. up being the like ambrosious slave. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That character gets weirdly killed by Van the witch when she's trying to kill ambrosious. She actually accidentally yeah, it was kills an accident. her friend. We've all, we've all been there. <laughs> There's so much relatable content on this show. Oh, yes. Yeah. Accidentally killing. Do you remember your that friend? time that you accidentally killed your friend when you were trying to kill a murderous warlock? It happens all the time. <laughs> okay, Amber. Okay, Amber had no personality traits, but she had curly long hair in season one, and she was just never mentioned again in season two. Amber did have. Well, one she had a really steamy trait. lesbian sex scene. She was the bisexual one. <laughs> That's all I have written down for Amber. That this her should... character trait was bisexual. This should actually be a live trivia zoom thing that you know these are the hardest trivia you know no 
I know why you don't remember any of this. It's because all of the female characters are like, like they occasionally get a sex scene, but the focus is very much on the man-on-man action mm. <laughs> throughout the entirety of Dante's Cove. Um, similarly, I found another character name, Tina. Oh yeah, yeah. Tina was the it was um, Van's girlfriend in season one. The she has like the the fringe, like that Sia fringe. Did so like she really... wear the fedora? No, she once? wore green saw... over. She wore like green overalls with no bra, and it was good for easy access in that scene where they have sex in the basement. That was a good I... look, actually. It was like a jumpsuity kind of. Yeah, thing. it was like a green jumpsuit that just like tore open. I'm yep. impressed, Sam. You're doing very well. I should have made this like you have to buzz in, and then there was like. No, don't underestimate me, Jared. Okay. Um, okay, Adam. Oh well, come on, Adam. Adam was by far the hottest cast member in season one, and the only person from the show that actually went on to become famous. So there you go. But he got recast yes. in season two. No, but the the guy who reca- who um he was recast with is hotter. I think. I so, you think? So Adam, Adam in season one was played by Stephen Amell, funny name in many ways, um, who is apparently on, he's on one of those like CW shows, isn't he? Yeah, he was on Arrow. He was like the main character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very sexy. No, he was too like chiselly jaw manly Whatever. man. He's mine then. You can, got have, replaced... you can have Van. You can have. He got, he got replaced by John Fleming who is gorgeous and we see him completely naked a couple of times um google j-o-n fleming i want luke to back me up on this j-o-n fleming dante's cove can we just agree that that is an attractive man i mean he's definitely attractive he's just not hotter than steven that's all i'm saying no really no steven i actually think was the worst actor in season one so it's odd that he's the one to go on and be successful I um I don't remember him appearing all that much. So he was the quote unquote straight one. Um, yeah. You know he was the trust fund kid, and uh, in later seasons uh, he gets addicted to the drug, which is really big in Dante's Cove. Uh, what is the name of the drug? Oh shit! It I'm still S, looking it? at the nudes <laughs> of John Fleming. Sorry. <laughs> and what do we okay, think? I, okay, I can't remember what the drug is called, I but I know that. It- there's a scene where Adam goes and gets it from like a hot spring bush thing and he like, and he eats it. It's called Saint. Saint, Saint. is the drug okay. in Dante's Cove, which uh, amongst non-practitioners of treason makes them addictive. But amongst practitioners of treason, it gives you, co- um, what's that called where you see the future? Like foresight. Um Premonitions, premonitions, premonitions uh, of the future. I've stopped looking at penises. Now I'm back. Uh, And what was the conclusion? Do we agree that John Fleming is more attractive than Stephen Amell? Look, it depends. the The nudes I saw actually had a fair bit more body hair, so I would approve that. Oh no! Because also, there's like a, a distinct lack of body hair on mm. the the cast which i don't know if that was like a timing thing like uh, oh it's like it was big at the time well, no yeah. i'm into that <laughs> and bro like, has one really hairy nipple i was one of the episodes i was watching i was like why is his left nipple really hairy <laughs> like why wouldn't someone have like given him a few tweaks before the that was a plot point the that was magic 
Your attention yeah, to maybe detail in season three is amazing. It's a whole arc that I just haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> season three is mainly about that, Sam. So you really should have followed. About the hairy nipple. The hairy nipple the comes hairy back. Nipple. <laughs> I should have known that was like foreshadowing something. <laughs> All right. We're still not done with supporting characters. We've got ages to go. Okay. Diana. Yeah. So Diana is Grace's sister and she's from Queer as Folk. And she has a really condescending voice that would really piss me off if I ever had to have a conversation with her. And she has blonde hair. How's that? That was good. That was good. That covers all the bases. <laughs> um, tick, tick. Michelle. You've already mentioned Michelle, but give me yeah, the Michelle plot on a Michelle. Conservative girlfriend from Iowa. Mm. But then she gets addicted to drugs. And? And she dies uh, in season two. I didn't and then that. gets resurrected, right? At the end of season two. But then she's and a different actor in season three. She's a different actress in season three. <laughs> and she's the main antagonist in season three because when she's brought back from the dead, she's brought back with the shadow house spirit inside her. And she turns into a vampire who attacks people. Oh, well, there you go, Luke. You were just like two seasons earlier and you were like, it has a vampire vibe. You were on the there box. we go. There we go. Still, Michelle, she got, the, she, got quite a, team. she got quite a trajectory there. Well, yeah. I think because the actress who played Van <laughs> um, uh, wanted I more see. money. And so her storyline got transferred over to that other character. Um, Marco? I don't remember a Marco. Wait, wait Marco's the bar owner. Yes, the older man. And he, yes, the older man is quite sexy. Um, and and his bar is clearly just someone's backyard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. when they film these bar scenes, it's just someone who has a pool and there's like a like the inside of the like the part that they don't go into is just a house. Like this isn't a bar. Yeah, the the whole setup is like, well, because they they shot this in Hawaii. Um, but I don't think they shot it at like mainstream resorts and stuff. I think it literally was like like a mansion in Hawaii. Um, mm. Season three, they did introduce a bunch of other supporting characters um, because I think they received some criticism for season one and season two. We have a uh, Griff, who is a black man, uh, who joins in season three. <laughs> and we have Elena, um, who is a, a partner for Michelle briefly, uh, who is an Asian woman. I'm, I'm assuming they were trying to rectify the the kind of racial. Yeah, a lot of white people in the tapes go. There, there were there were a few I think ethnically ambiguous people. Yeah, like Van. Like Van, Van. was definitely. Oh, oh. and what about know? the bar owner? The bar owner the bar was owner not was ethnically m- ambiguous. Well, you know, he was like he had Spanish a tan. <laughs> <laughs> in those days, in two thousand five, a ten passed for ethnic yeah, so like ambiguous. Hey, what about uh, the drug dealer in season two? He was uh, he was um Latino. See that? See probably not probably oh, not great uh, probably represent- not great representation. No, because there. he was he was a character I believe from the spinoff show from Dante's Code. Oh, from the Lair. So there was a spin-off show called The Lair, which we could have got mm. into as well, which is a whole other thing where it's um, focused on enough. a gay club run by vampires um, who 
I think that's where the storyline to do with this drug saint that people get addicted to came from, um, mm. which ran for one season um, and is well, less well known. Maybe that'll be my fourth appearance is, <laughs> is the, go lair. To the lair. Were you, what, did, did you watch long enough, Luke, to when they started to go to the club? I did. I did. I think I got, so I actually got about halfway through season two. Mm. Um, but at that point, uh, you know, even the sex was starting not to grab my full attention. I think I was like online shopping at one point and I, I was getting an erection from that. Yeah. <laughs> instead of the men having. Look, the sex scenes, as much as they like, show their like flaccid pain and all that sort of stuff um they're kind of all the same thing aren't they like they're just you know the the dramatic lying down on the bed and then the kissing down the neck I never touch a man like that when I make no. like having sex with anybody I was like why kind of want why? to you're like oh yeah that's, I, not, that's like, not real maybe to be fun to give it a go but was... I think we're both touch starved in lockdown. So it's just like, <laughs> actually, I just want to rub my face against another man's face. I don't need anything else. <laughs> like these, these sensual caresses that mm. they seem to exchange. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it does happen. Just some, just not with me, uh, but uh, it, it just, it happens a lot in these sex scenes no but it's it's soap opera sex scene isn't it soap opera sex scene is like you're being taken um yeah and there's food and ice and stuff that occasionally gets involved ice like ice cubes and a lot of Mm. okay and beach sex which is always terrible i think it's terrible for straight people but it's particularly terrible for gay people uh (laughs) lube and sand is not your friend you don't want to be going like you know full hog on the beach Raw dogging on the beach. No, no, no raw dogging on the beach. That was uh, going to be the name of my single. <laughs> well, I will definitely give it a few streams. Um, <laughs> my ears are already. Do you want to know how it ends? I'd love to, actually. So. Um, you said a cliffhanger, right? It does end on a cliffhanger. So, okay. Um, so Ambrosius and Kevin... Kevin's been under Ambrosius's thrall for a period of time across the seasons. Then he gets released. Then he's under the thrall again. Uh, at the end of season two, Kevin becomes, um, he, in order to save Toby, he decides to become kind of a disciple of Ambrosius. But then Kevin eventually learns how to take control of Treesum himself and becomes his own kind of like magician. You could um, see that coming. That was yeah. He bound had like to secret happen. powers. Mm. Um, and Michelle returns. Michelle, who was dead in the last season, then got returned. And inside her is the shadow demon. So she starts attacking people. Um, and then at the very end, the shadow demon goes from Michelle to Diana, and then Diana takes control of Dante's Cove and causes people to start killing each other like crazy. Um, And they try and trap the shadow demon within Diana, within the shadow dimension via this mirror, except Toby gets caught and trapped inside the shadow dimension. And Kevin thinks that Toby is dead. And so willingly goes back to Ambrosius 
and they become a couple. And then the very last shot of season three is uh, Kevin and Ambrosius are fucking on the bed and it goes to the mirror and Toby is in the mirror banging on the mirror, desperately trying to escape. That is a five-star cliffhanger. I'm... (laughs) I'm sad it didn't get renewed just hearing that. That's a, that's a good way to end things. No, but yeah, I like that it ends with like, he went with the hot vampire-y well, guy. Ambrosius was very charming. Come on. Hmm. Like I was, you know, I didn't find it's the kind of toxic man that I would just like fall at my knees for. He has that weird, he has like a me face. And so I don't like it. It's like a... Like me, like the Nintendo characters, me. <laughs> or like... Like my face. Oh, like me and me. Okay. Yeah. Not to say that I look like him. Not that I say that I look like him, but more like he has like he has like big forehead things going on. I think sometimes when you, yeah, maybe there's just that thing where if you see yourself in something, you're not attracted to it. But that goes against all the gay people that date. Basically, they're doppelgangers. If anything, you should think he was the hottest. I don't think I do that. I think I go for something like different. Mm. I, like I have no idea little... what you go for, Jared, because you just never, you never take the candy. I know. Sam has offered me candy. By candy, <laughs> he means his friends. Um... Well, they, they're offering themselves to you and you're always just like, oh, maybe. Oh, some of the, I have sampled some of them. Well, even recently, <laughs> someone's like, Jared added me on Facebook or something, but then didn't talk to me. Oh, no. Yeah, this is, this is, no, this is what I like to hear. But tell me more about this. So, you know, you you give them like a seed and then you up with people. Do you think, considering the the times we live in, something that did uh, pop into my head watching this is this ended on a cliffhanger. It was sort of a cult, uh, at least, thing within. Uh, the time period and we now live in the age of gaying up uh and rebooting things the, the for cheap back. uh for streaming services like would you see uh a, a season four netflix well did you you looked at what the actors had done since this but i i wanted to see i always do like an Instagram stalk while I'm watching things. Cause I like yep. to see, are you still hot? And, and for many, for many of the cast members, yes. Um, some of them haven't like, it doesn't look like they aged at all, which is crazy. Yeah. Toby uh, looks like the same. Mm, yeah. Toby yeah, looks like basically the, the exact same, which was crazy to me. So, but I think if they were doing a reboot, they would probably just get like, the American the core... horror story people like they would get actors like completely. You need redone. some again, as Sam was saying earlier, fresh meat. <laughs> you need some. Yeah. yeah, you just need an anchor character, maybe if you're going to do a reboot. Just bring. I mean, yeah. Diana is now 67, so she might. I don't know if she'll. If not, Diana Grace. <laughs> oh Grace god, yeah. But I, I think, she, I think Grandma Grace would be a great. Um, they would do that because. Because that would be like the camp thing that they do now is she like... She gets a sex scene in season three, actually. Oh, do we see her titties? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think we see her titties, but she gets like kind of naked. Because I actually um, find her kind of like, there's something about her that's quite sexy. He fucks especially... the black man. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> some, some interracial. Yeah. Some interracial loving. 
they were like how can we people have complained what have people complained about and how can we solve a few of these problems at once oh it's the aggressive the female tokenistic (laughs) it was the most tokenistic fucking thing it was like oh we'll let the older woman fuck the black man that's yeah can he also sell drugs somehow at the same time (laughs) he was he was a very important person on the treason council i feel like they've kind of one of those characters that that has no depth but it's just kind of there yeah from what you've seen a rendition of the theme song oh Oh, we we didn't even talk about about the song okay we need to talk about the song all right This is yeah. The opening guitar riff. I was jamming to it yesterday. It's very sexy. It's um, it's very of that early two thousand time as well because it reminded me of like, I don't. Did you ever listen to Vast? V-A-S-T. No. That was that were like big in the early two thousands, and they had like a very similar vibe to this. Um, I thought it was slightly gothy. Yeah. Yeah, the opening was, it was almost better than the show. It was Ooh. very Buffy, but like, but it was like Buffy enhanced. It was like it's like a three-minute opening sequence. It's, <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. It's a, it's so long. It's a full music video for the opening, and then they do credits. it again for the end credits. They like it, they have like a cinematic <laughs> they need to extend cre- like, that credits. Let's finish off with: Would you recommend people watch Dante's Cove if they haven't grown up? If there's youngins listening to us, would you recommend going back and having a watch? You know, I, I would get, I would call this like semi-quality hungover viewing. So maybe if you just want to lie in bed and roll around and like get a little racy one day, sure. But if you're looking for a serious queer horror show, this probably isn't it. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would say if you were looking for anything particularly queer horror or sexy this is sort of uh, mediocre and it does it has those elements but not to the extent you'd want them to be at but if you like imagine the days where you could have friends around for example if you wanted to yeah, it'd be very a, fun to watch with friends a drinking game uh if you really wanted to get fucked up every time That's a character a appeared shirtless in yeah. a inappropriate place for example, <laughs> that would be a good one. Uh, Every time you know, sweat goes down someone's forehead. Yeah. Drink. Uh, uh, <laughs> some inexplicable candle placements. Uh, yeah. There's like the, I think it would, I would recommend it as a potential drinking game viewing that you could do. And I, if, I if, think this would be the best, the best way to watch it, I'd say. Yeah. And if you went the full three seasons, maybe an, you could have like every time that they do an actor replacement. Yeah, you have to take a shot. There's no, that's like a beer bong, like every time. 
Thank you for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Bartle. That's Jared with a Y. You can follow Sam on Instagram at Sinister Sissies. You can check out... Underscore Sissies. Don't forget that underscore. Hungry for those followers. Sister Sinister underscore Sissies. Is that right? Yeah. Sinister underscore Sissies. Um, clearly I've had two beers. Nailed uh, it. <laughs> you can check out the Lilypad on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you also have an Instagram. Do you know the Instagram thingy? Mine. What's your mm. handle? Oh, okay, yeah. Check out the Lilypad at Lilypad Pod on Instagram. And that I set up a link tree thing, which is somewhere, uh, uh, that will link you to other social media platforms which it's really useful it was fun i set it up i need I to mean, do that i don't think i've done that for synesthesis i'll I send you something it's, it's just a link tree but um at lilypad at lilypad pod on instagram and i am posting a lot of copyright infringement material on there so hop on it before, before it gets, gets taken down. <laughs> taken down baby <laughs> Until next time, though, stay sinister.